You're listening to The Best Love Nanny. I'm your host, Michelle Garza. I'm a former New York City nanny. I lived there for almost two decades, and I did it all live in, live out, part-time, full-time, travel, summers in the Hamptons. And now I share my stories here on this podcast. I also offer career advice on my TikTok channel, The Best Love Nanny. Before we get into this story, I want to say a special hello and thank you to Tracy A., who is the sponsor of this episode. Tracy's been following me on TikTok, I think very close, if not from the very beginning, at Ogarza sharing my stories. She comes to my story times and my lives. She's always commenting. She's super positive. Tracy has sent me a lot of things in the mail, um, just always encouraging me to keep going with my storytelling. I'm going to tell you a little bit more um, later on in this episode how you can be a sponsor of an episode. But in the meantime, I just want to say thank you, Tracy. I appreciate you being here. All right, so let's get into it. Today's story is going to be about the time that I lost one of my nanny kids, and I didn't even know that he was lost until he was found. And while the story itself offers some bit of entertainment, there's also this through line about trust and communication with a nanny, especially from people on the outside, as I'll get into into the story and how a situation like this definitely could have been prevented. There's a little bit of a backstory here. For the purpose of this story, I'm going to change one of my nanny kids' names to Leo. And this is a story about when Leo's parents went out of town. Prior to this trip, I was his live-in nanny, and I helped raise him and his siblings, and I was a very trusted nanny. And when his parents went out of town, which would be often, I would be left with all three of the kids, and they were young, and I was young, um, but I always rose to the occasions, and I think for the most part, the families didn't have any um, issues with me going away. Matter of fact, this family once said to me that they actually felt more comfortable with me being in charge of their children than most family members. I had the energy, I had the attention to detail and that it was actually a peace of mind for them to be able to travel and know that their kids are going to be so um, taken care of so well. All right, so I was actually no longer their nanny and I was no longer living with them and the family had this trip planned so they reached out and they were going to Mexico and they were going to be completely unreachable like they were going someplace without cell phone service. I'm pretty sure it was a wedding and they were going to be going for like three nights and they wanted to know if I could come and stay at their house and live at their house and take care of the kids and of course they said yes and I really looked forward to this time with my nanny kids because I didn't see them very much anymore. And then I could come in and kind of be the fun parent too. You know, when I was a live-in nanny, I took my responsibilities as a nanny pretty seriously. And there weren't a lot of corners that I cut. And I've talked about this before that once my nanny family said something to the kids like, oh, we know she just lets you watch TV and do whatever, which was not the case at all. I love to play games. I love to be involved. So that that actually hurt my feelings when, when families would assume that. But on these particular weekends, when families were away, we would call them no grown up weekend. And I would just kind of be the kid's friend more friend nanny more than like nanny caregiver in a way. And, it, and, and that was important to the family because they did feel bad leaving their kids, right? So they wanted everybody to go and have fun and, and do things and cut corners. And that's what we always did. And it was always a great time. So for this particular trip, they were leaving, no cell phone service. The kids were a little bit older and they had a pretty big schedule over the weekend. And ultimately there would have been another parent or two parents and a nanny, but I was left to um, go through this whole routine all by myself. And I felt up for it. Now my nanny mom was super detailed and like, 
total type A personality. She wrote everything out. It's in like a full spreadsheet. Things are highlighted. The dinner menu is separate. Like everything's color coded. It was very organized, right? And I and I always appreciated that. I mean, it was a bit over the top, but I always appreciated that. But that's important to this story. So I get there and we go over this complete document. Now, one of the things that was going to happen this weekend was a community service project that I would be taking the kids to. It's something their school did every year. I had done it with them in the past. I knew where the park was. The family has a car, which makes things really easy, right? It's in a parking garage and then you call and you go down and you get the car and you can load all the kids up. I became very comfortable driving in New York City. I became very comfortable driving kids. So that was no big deal. I was also a personal assistant to a woman who was completely blind and I used to drive her everywhere. So I was very comfortable with this. Okay. One of the things that we were going to be doing was going to this community service project. And at the community service project, we're going to be some other parents that were going to be involved in the plans for the next day, which would be a birthday party. So I get to the community service project and I make a point to go over to the two moms. One mom is hosting the birthday party the next day and the other mom who is a friend of my nanny family's, but that friendship came after I had already left my nanny family. So I didn't know this woman very well. I didn't know either woman very well, which is very important, I think, also to the story and giving credit to a nanny because I do believe that they discounted me a little bit. I don't think that they quite understood I was young but I lived with this family and really gave them my blood, sweat, and tears. This is the family, for reference, that have me in their will. I mean, now the kids have pretty much aged out of this, but they had me in their will when their third child was born to say if something happened to their kids, I would gain custody of their children, and there's more to it, but that's basically the gist, right? Like, that's how much these people trusted me with their children, all right? So I make it a point to go talk to these two moms. Now the one mom is gonna have the party and the other mom is gonna help facilitate my nanny kid from the party to the lunch because my next day is so busy, one of, my, one of the other kids has sports. So basically I'm gonna drop my nanny kid off at this birthday party and then I'm gonna pick him up later from that second mom who's gonna kind of be his chaperone for the rest of the day. They had worked this out with my nanny mom. Everything is great. So I go and I find them, we talk through the whole thing and you know, I make sure that they have my phone numbers, I make sure that I have their numbers correctly in my phone and we spend a great deal of time talking to one another and I know that they have my contact information and I think this is the most frustrating part for me, okay? So we finish our community service project, take the kids home, we go through our normal routine, we wake up the next day. Now as per the um, sheet that's been left for me, here are the instructions. I'm getting up early and I'm getting all three kids ready for the full day, okay? I'm going down with all of our belongings, our our tote bags. We had these tote bags that were always very organized and packed, right? So I have our tote bags and I go down and I get the car and everybody gets in it. Now, I'm supposed to drive over to the community center where this birthday party is a pool party. And I'm supposed to leave my middle kid, Leo, as we are calling him, at this birthday party. But because I have the younger kid in the car, literally written out from the mom is you stay in the car with the youngest let the older and the middle kid out and at this point okay I'm gonna say they are five and seven or maybe six and eight and and I'm gonna let them out and the older son is gonna walk Leo into the party and hand him off and then come back to the car great 
I go over to do this and the street is closed down. There's a fire truck and there's personnel all over, like emergency emergency personnel and there you can't get down the road. Now I have the baby in the car and it's kind of a, a chilly morning. And so I decide what I'm gonna do is, leave, I see the officer, I make eye contact, I kind of tell him what's going on. I get out of the car, I leave my nanny kid in the car, I'm just a few feet away. And I watch my older nanny kid run his little brother halfway down a New York City block and go into this facility where they're having the pool party. And I watch him come out and then he comes running to me and then I walk him back to the car and I say to him, did it go okay? And he says, yes, that was the first mistake. Okay. I didn't ask any details. I just said, did it go okay? And he says, yes, he gets in, we strap him in and we are off to Chelsea Piers where he has a game. So we get to Chelsea Piers and we're early to Chelsea Piers. I remember this and I end up playing basketball with him and I go and I'm warming up. And a lot of times on the weekends, these like Chelsea Piers and sports things are when the dads are around and the dads are in there and they're doing it. And I was always like the nanny that was hanging out with the dads in these situations. So I remember it all very well. When I finish at Chelsea Piers, the instructions are I take the oldest and the youngest out to eat which I do. I go to this little diner that we love and we go and we have this really fun breakfast and afterwards we are going to be going to the baseball field where my older nanny kid now has a baseball game. And while we're sitting there, the very first nanny family I ever worked for that I moved to New York City with the twins is there. And I think it's crazy because I never see them. And they haven't really, they've seen me with these nan- this nanny family, but it's been a really long time. So I go over and I say hello. We know the nanny dad's a little bit of a grumpus, but the mom and I are like catching up. And I look down and my phone's ringing and it's my other nanny mom who's in Mexico. And I think it's kind of weird that she's calling me, but I'm like, okay, whatever. I, pu- I actually don't answer it because I'm in the middle of this conversation. Like I said, the dad is kind of a grumpus and I'm kind of nervous and I'm in it. And I'm just like, okay, I will check my messages and call her back when we leave. So I finish the conversation and I go outside and I realize that I have multiple voicemails and I start listening to them. And I have a couple of voicemails just from my nanny mom who must've been calling during while we were eating, but I didn't have my phone out. So I, I didn't realize that. And the voicemails grow more and more concerned saying, oh my gosh, he's lost. Did you find him? Where is he? And then the next one is like, okay, now I know so-and-so the other mom has him, but I still don't understand what happened. Where are you guys? What Did you make it to Chelsea Piers? Like, how did you screw this up? Please call me back. And then the last voicemail was like, okay, well, we're on the plane. They're closing the door. You're not going to be able to call me back. We're going to talk about this the second I get home. I'm glad everybody's safe, but I still don't understand what's happening. You can tell she's like still panicked and upset. I have no idea what she's talking about. I have no idea what she's talking about. So I immediately call that second mom who was going to be the person that was going to take him from the swimming portion of the birthday party to the lunch. And I pick up, I call her like two or three times. She doesn't pick up finally. And I'm calling, I'm just calling her over and over. And so finally she picks up and I can hear all the kids in the background at the birthday party. And I say, what's going on? And she was like, you tell me what's going on. Don't worry. I have him. And I said, okay, well, you're going to meet us at the baseball field because that's um, what the plan was, was that she was going to come over after they had pizza. That's when we'd be at the baseball field. She'd bring him there. She says, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be bringing him home later. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I inter- but what happened? And she was like, honestly, like this is not the time or place to have it. He's fine. She's like trying to get me off the phone. And at this point, like this for me is like one of these moments that felt super disrespectful because even though this is a family friend, like this kid was like basically like a child to me, a sibling, a cousin. I'm very close to this family and I know this kid and I know how he is. I'm going to tell another story in a little while about another time that he was somewhat lost and, and how he responded. So for me, I just wanted to talk to him and hear his voice and know he's okay. And she just basically was like, 
not having. I was not worthy enough to have this conversation. She was busy. I was careless. It was none of my business. It, and it really felt like she was just kind of looking down on the nanny. Now, I understand that obviously something had gone wrong, but at this point, I don't even know, right? So then I have to live with that for the next couple of hours because I can't talk to my nanny family. I can't talk to my nanny kid. And this mom won't talk to me. And I honestly just feel like that was so unfair because even if, even if I were to blame, there's no reason that she shouldn't have had a conversation with me. That is my very strategically placed cue to pause here and remind you of my Patreon, The Best Loved Nanny, where you can subscribe to bonus content. Thank you to everyone who has done so already, especially Tracy, who I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. One of the benefits of being a Patreon is that you can be a sponsor of an episode which is chosen randomly. Tracy was the first one we chose. Thank you so much, Tracy, and everyone else. Um, I paused here strategically because in the next private podcast, which you can only hear on the Patreon. I'm going to speak more about that mom and my relationship with her. If you're interested in the Patreon, go over to Patreon and search the best loved nanny. Okay, so let's get back to this mom. She's completely dismissive. So I just go about the rest of our day. I take my kid over to baseball. We finish baseball. We go to the park. We come home. We do our evening routine. And again, Leah was supposed to be with me all of this time, right? But the mom is just really chalked it up as you're not responsible enough. And so she brings him back later. The other boys have already had dinner and baths and Leo had eaten with their family and she had one of her kids with her and again, was very dismissive and and it would take more than just this conversation with her. But eventually I, I come to find out this is what happened. My nanny mom who left me in charge of the kids never told me that it wasn't an actual birthday party. It was basically this community center with a community pool where all of the moms had memberships. They already belonged there. And so it was one of these situations that if you wanted to have a birthday party there, you had to spend the money to do it or make it private or whatever it is. So instead of making it an actual birthday party, what she decided to do was just have everybody meet there because they're all members anyway, including my nanny family. Nobody ever told me that. So when my older nanny kid took his brother into the party, there was a mom that he was supposed to check in with, but that didn't happen. He's, he's a kid. He runs his brother in the door, drops him off, says, good, good, comes out. Right. And then I say, did everything okay? And he says, yes. What I should have said was, did you check him in with the mother? Okay. I didn't even know that there was a check-in. Nobody told me that, not even the night before. So this one little thing turned into be a huge thing, right? So Somebody who works at the center saw my nanny kid who was confused by himself and pulled him aside. How the other mom didn't see him, I don't know. It's the weekend. I guess it was really busy there. They had to have been standing in the same room, like right next to each other, the way that the check-in is and where this mom was. So my nanny kid says, I'm here for a birthday party. And the person who works there says, well, we don't have any birthday parties here. So that's not true. And they ask him his name and he's little, but he knows all of these things. So the thing that like kills me is that the kid, he was saying whose birthday party it was. And that family was checked in there. So it was so interesting to me that they never caught that, that that family was there and checked in, right? Whatever. So the guy says, tries to figure it out. And in the meantime, the mom misses my kid, assumes that he's not showing up and goes down to the pool party. And they just assume that I'm not there. Nobody calls me. Nobody texts me. I don't get a head up, heads up from the second mom that was supposed to be the person looking out from. She never shot me a message to say, hey, didn't see Leo or what's going on or do you need anything or whatever? Just doesn't say anything. Okay. 
So in the meantime, the guy who works there is like calling Leo's parents who at this point don't have service. They still don't have service, right? And they're just leaving voicemails saying, oh, you dropped your kid off, your nanny dropped your kid off and nobody's here. So we don't really know what to do. And then eventually the guy who works there, no joke, takes my nanny kid from the facility and walks across the West Side Highway. Well, like, this is kind of a big deal. Over to the baseball fields, which were probably like a 10 to 15 minute walk from the facility. But they, the, my nanny kid just kept saying, I know I'm meeting them at the baseball field later. So they're thinking maybe we're there right now and then he's going to come after the game or whatever. So, you know, they're trying. But it just breaks my heart to think that this person took my kid from the facility. I don't even know if they're allowed to do that. Takes him from the facility, goes over, walks the baseball field. They're looking for us. My nanny kid must have been so scared I guess maybe at this point the party lets up and and they're all going now for pizza so everybody leaves the party they never see him there maybe he's in an office I never really got the full thing nobody sees him and they leave and they go to pizza and again this woman has never called me to say you know hey he didn't show up or shoot me a text message just to say you know is everything okay And I'm not trying to put the blame on somebody else because there were so many things that went wrong here. It was just like crazy to me that she wouldn't reach out to me. It just felt, it really did feel like, oh, you're the nanny and and I don't, like I just wasn't an equal in this situation. So they go on, they go to, to lunch. And then at some point during the lunch, the woman that I worked for had listed, I wasn't even the emergency contact because I was, I guess, because I wasn't going to be at the party. My nanny mom had listed that second mom as the emergency contact. And so they finally called her and she was like, yeah, I'm at lunch. And they said, well, we have him here. And she was like, they're late. They're late. I can't believe he just got there. The party's already over. So that's where like that little piece of information comes in. So she goes over and gets him I don't know what her conversation with the front desk is because in her mind, I had just dropped him off. And that's why my nanny mom, when she left the message, was like, did you make it to um, Chelsea Piers earlier in the day? They assumed that I slept in, that I had the time wrong, that I had just dropped Leo off and that my whole day was like completely screwed up. So that's my nanny mom who has all the plans, right? And all the schedule is definitely panicking that I've just screwed everything up. So the woman goes over and she gets him and I guess she must call my nanny mom or whatever. So that timeline of of her getting him and taking him back to the pizza place, she realizes something went wrong. She makes a big deal out of it, calls my, doesn't call me, never calls me, never text messages me, but proceeds to call my nanny mom who is in Mexico with no service, leaving her voicemail saying, don't worry, I have him. I know they've been calling you. They called me. I have him and I'm going to hold on to him for the rest of the day. Yeah. So basically, that's around the time that I'm calling her. She's telling me, you screwed it all up, blah, blah, blah. We're just going to keep him the rest of the day. I guess maybe her kids were anticipating playing with him or whatever it was. So all of this goes down and she leaves and I have all three kids and the oldest kid is freaking out because he feels responsible that he was supposed to check him in. We didn't even know that he was supposed to check him in, right? So I'm trying to calm him down. Well, eventually I get everybody in bed and it's pretty close to the time that my nanny family's going to be home. And at this point they've landed and they've texted me and I'm like, everybody's here. We're fine. Okay. We're coming home. I've never been so nervous in my entire, I'm just like pacing the apartment, just waiting to see what's going to happen. And I'm telling you when they walked in the door, the look on her face, I mean, she was just so upset. 
and immediately starts in on me and is just like, what happened? I don't understand. There was a schedule. We have not really spoken at all at this point, right? So she's trying to make sense of what's happened as well. She's just furious. And she, in the middle of our conversation, goes in and gets the older kid and gets him out of bed and brings him out. And she's upset with him and she's asking him what happened and she's really laying into both of us. And she's emotional, right? That's her kid. I'm sure she's going through all the scenarios of all the things that could have happened, rightfully so. And um, she's upset. Her husband actually was a little more calm, calmer and he was calming down the situation. But at one point I just looked at her and I was like, hit me. I was like, well, that make you feel better? Just hit me. Here, hit me. And I like gave her my arm. Um, and I think she thought about it for a second. <laughs> she did not hit me. But at that point, her husband was like, everybody needs to calm down. She sends his son back to bed. He's like, you need to get out of here. We will talk about this at a different time. But the bottom line is everybody's safe. It all worked out. Let's just take a deep breath. And I don't know that we ever really super addressed it after that. It might have come up like a time or two, like briefly in conversation, but it's not like we ever sat back down and really talked through it. But I did find a time to say to her, you know, I think that other mom is a total jerk and she could have handled that. There were so many things, right? There were so many things that happened. And I, and I take responsibility. Ultimately, he was my responsibility totally. But first of all, the kid should have never been just being dropped off by his older brother, you know? And I have to say, I think that part of the, the trauma of the situation for me was knowing that my nanny kid is such a sensitive guy. And this is where the, the parenting part comes in. I lived with him. I was there when he was two years old. I helped raise that kid and I saw him through so many different things in his life. And I know how he, how he handled situations and how he could hide his being scared or being sad. And I, in the back of my head that whole time, just kept thinking, even if he looks okay, even if he's talking to the other kids and eating pizza and playing games and running around, I knew this little sensitive soul of a guy was maybe lost. And I, and I also wanted to tell I wanted him to know on my end what happened, you know, like it's fine to be with your friend's parent, but like I was, I, I was a, um, very important part of his life and I wanted to hug him and tell him everything was okay and hear his side of it and I didn't get the vibe from this mom that she was doing that with him you know and here's the thing too this goes deeper with me because the same nanny kid um like I said I started when he was two and so this had hit three four years before this story happened my friend who was also a nanny for uh friends of his um, we took a trip up to Central Park to go to the Central Park Zoo. And we live down in Tribeca, so this is quite a hike. And we took a whole day and went up there. And when we got there, the thing about this kid is that he's very curious. And it's not like he's not listening or disobeying or rowdy and running off. But he would just get distracted and he wouldn't be paying attention. And then he would mingle, like wander off, you know. It wouldn't be this intentional thing. But I knew that sooner or later he was really going to get lost. Now, obviously different than the story that I told earlier. So I did an experiment with him. And this is one of the things that sometimes I think about with my own daughter and how I would feel if somebody else did this with my kid. And maybe one of those situations where I didn't, I, I don't know. In the moment, I trusted my gut, but I go back and forth on this. As far as I know, he's not traumatized. My nanny mom nanny parents weren't upset with me uh but this is like one of those trial and error things where like oh when you're a nanny and practicing on other people's kids he um wandered off at the zoo and we were getting ready to leave and I was so frustrated probably tired end of the day 
And so I had my friend take all the kids to the front of the zoo and I let him wander. And I kind of just distanced myself enough to where he couldn't see me. And at the time he is little, he is three maybe. And he seemingly was fine. For a long time, he didn't realize that he was lost and he was just kind of looking around doing his own thing. And then there was a shift where I could tell he was definitely like, hold on a second, where where are my adults? Where is everybody else? But then I thought, I want to see what he would do in this in this moment. How would he react, you know? And there are people watching. I stayed close enough so that people knew because people were definitely kind of like, what is that kid doing over there? He, he kind of stands out a little bit. Really cute kid. And um, I waited and then at one point I heard him saying under his breath, like, I got to find Michelle. I got to find, I got to find Michelle. And when he was doing that, I was like, okay, there, this is enough. And I stepped out where he could see me and he lost it. He just started sobbing. He completely melted down and he had masked that. I mean, he, up until that moment, he looked totally fine. And I just thought, gosh, he's going to be going to see the polar bear now. <laughs> he's just going to like give himself a tour. He doesn't care at all. He did care. It opened up a conversation. So we talked about it. I explained to him that he wasn't really lost, that I had been there the whole time, that I had been watching him. But then I explained to him what could have happened. And I explained to him what he should have done if he found himself in that situation. And it's kind of young to really get it, but that's where you start building the foundation. So I went up and I met with my friend and then we went back down to Tribeca and he fell asleep on the way home. And then I put him in his crib and uh, or his bed, whatever he was sleeping in. And when his, his mom was working and when she was done working, she came out and I told her and she said, okay. And I said, you know, I think he's, I hope I didn't do any long-term damage. She said, well, maybe it's good that he learned a lesson. And he got up and he melted into her arms and he told her the whole thing. And I think I just felt bad how sad he was about it. But I'll tell you what, if you know anything about walking with kids, especially in big cities when they're holding on to a stroller, that kid would not let go of the stroller from that day on. And the crazy thing is when you're pushing a stroller, it's so heavy because he's like, literally, if you're a nanny, you know, like they're just like holding onto the stroller and then you're like, come on, walk faster because you're basically pushing them along. So I guess when I tied those two situations together, I just feel really bad. I should reach out to him and ask him if he has any long-term trauma from that. But if he doesn't, I also don't want to bring it up. All right, before I wrap up this episode, I wanted to say I know that there are so many nannies that are here listening to my stories. I love hearing from you. If you are a nanny or a former nanny and you have a story to tell, I'm interested in hearing from you. I'm going to be opening up the content, sharing stories from other nannies. So if you have a story, you can um, find me on my website, thebestlovenanny.com. There's information there on how to submit your own story. I would not suggest emailing me directly on TikTok for something like this. I get so many messages and quite honestly, sometimes I forget about them or they get lost. I just get overwhelmed. So there's a submission form and or you can email me directly at submissions at thebestlovenanny.com. And I want to say one more very special thank you to those that have already joined the Patreon. I'm going to have another private podcast up in the very near future. Thanks so much.